we are really starting to quantify sustainability in operations through dashboards. And one looks at the number of pounds of electronic waste that we've recycled. We are looking at the annual CO2 emissions that we've avoided in terms of people carpooling to work or riding their bike, the number of gallons of water that we've saved, all of these things. Welcome to the Esri in the Science of Wire podcast. You just heard Esri Chief Scientist Don Wright describe the tools that businesses and governments are adopting to monitor sustainable practices. As executives and civic leaders sharpen their focus on resilience in a post-pandemic world, achieving sustainable prosperity to build a healthy environment and economy is becoming an essential component of modern leadership. Here, Esri CMO Mariana Cantor lead this conversation at a time of growing realization that our economy, our society, and our species are part of something bigger and more holistic. Dawn, hi, and welcome to the podcast, Esri and the Science Aware. Thank you, Mariana. I am so excited to be here. So I'm looking forward to talking with you about conservation and sustainability. But of course, I'd like to start with this COVID-19 pandemic. Certainly, in addition to all this misery and death and upending our way of life, this crisis has also significantly disrupted businesses, right? And in particular, supply chains around the world. You know, we we know that businesses and governments are really struggling to adequately sort of compensate and respond to this disruption. We also know that climate impacts the global supply chain. Can you talk about that? And more broadly, how is climate change affecting business and government resiliency? Yes. There are many people who are surprised at how very closely linked these things are. Some people think about climate change issues in terms of, well, the greenhouse gas emissions, the carbon dioxide, the methane. These gases pollute the air, though. This has an effect on people's productivity. So with the diseases that are associated with air pollution, this can actually uh, affect employee health. So this is a business cost in terms of disruption to employee health, maybe consumer health, maybe consumer buying habits. So you have less productivity on the part of your employees. You have less business transactions on the part of your customers, less consumer spending. So I think a lot of companies, a lot of industries are keying into this because they know that monitoring something as straightforward and simple as monitoring levels of air pollution geographically in conjunction with factors such as urbanization can give that company an edge in terms of choosing the safest and the most secure spots for growing their business. And we now know, especially since we at Esri produce these location intelligence tools that can help these companies pull together and analyze uh, air quality data. They can create air quality indices. They can look at the history of the air quality, even on an hour by hour uh, basis. They have some indication now of weather, which is a short-term phenomenon that we think about from day to day, but longer term is climate. Climate and weather are not the same thing. Weather is day to day, but climate is over decades and years. That has an effect on 
it should have an effect on business planning as well. And they're they're getting these data from uh, in in real time or near real time from Internet of Things uh, sensors. So so the two are are quite related. There's also uh, the extreme weather as well. Yes. According to the World Health Organization, I looked that up before our podcast, every year natural disasters like tsunamis, hurricanes, floods, wildfires kill around 90,000 people and affect around 160 million people worldwide. So there is accelerating disruption that is being caused by a lot of these shifts in climate. Do you think that we can achieve some sort of sustainable prosperity where we're both sustainable and prosperous uh, in business, what can governments and businesses do to be better stewards of the earth? Yeah, this it is quite an interesting uh, phenomenon now, I think, where where businesses are, are thinking about such a thing. They may not be familiar with the term sustainable prosperity, but it's it's something that I think we we companies are all essentially implementing when we can when we make our sustainability commitments and an interesting example is uh BlackRock uh the world's largest money manager they got a lot of attention when they released their new investment strategy and it was all about sustainability and it was all about climate change and everybody was like wow BlackRock is mm-hmm. is is considering that and talking about that and they, uh, I don't know anything about BlackRock, but I would hope that they have a, a good heart and they want to do the right thing. But they also are realizing that sustainability actually drives good business. And nowadays, with uh, with brand and brand reputation being so important, if you are seen as a good player, that that actually attracts customers. I know as a customer myself, I want to be associated with a company that tries to do good in the world. And I think it is expected in some ways to for a company to be thinking about this. We want to know when I buy a computer, I want to know how that computer was constructed and where am I going to be able to recycle that computer? Is the computer made from uh, components that can be uh, recycled? There are uh, environmental regulations that have come to the fore there are innovations in in operations and in costs and these are some of the things that even we here at, at Esri are thinking about because we have uh, a new well it's not really new because Esri has already has always been devoted to conservation and sustainability but the four things that that our little initiative is working on is reducing continuing to reduce our greenhouse gas footprint and so we're identifying the scope of our greenhouse gas emissions, and we're working to reduce those emissions, including with uh, gradually getting more towards electric vehicles. Of course, we have rooftop solar that if you go around the Esri campus, you'll see more and more of that. So that's one. And then two, we are increasing our own environmental stewardship. So among our employees and our distributors and, and partners, we're talking about more sustainable practices. Uh, a third area is we are helping our customers to be to be more sustainable. We are building sustainability solutions with GIS into uh, our products and services. 
to help them. And of course, the conservation organizations love this. But but other other companies companies that produce coffee or or chocolate or the different governments love this as well. Uh, Esri produces solutions to uh, help conservation organizations, conservation agencies improve their operations and to to manage protected areas. An organization can capture wildlife observations and they can monitor the population of of a species, especially if it's endangered. They can use facial solutions to show where they should eradicate invasive species, uh, invasive trees and plants that are harmful to the environment that don't that don't belong in that particular place. They can analyze uh, trends in protected areas. We have another set of solutions that tracks uh, poaching and other illegal wildlife activity. They can uh, visualize the activity of illegal uh, poaching. We also have a set of solutions that helps with, with outreach. So if an organization wants to promote protected area tourism, uh, if they want to let their local community know about a park or a preserve, they can uh, create a story map or uh, a hub site that showcases uh, the, the wonderful assets of that area. Let's say you are uh, a water or a sewer or a stormwater uh, utility, and you are trying to maximize the, the efficiency of your operations by using less energy or by not emitting as many uh, greenhouse gases. Let's say you want to shift your operations uh, over to, uh, to solar energy. We have solutions that help you to, to track where those uh, emissions uh, are in your operation and to use dashboards so that you can track how much you're saving uh, in terms of your, your emissions, how much recycling you may be doing in your organization, how many uh, kilowatt hours you are, you are saving by, by changing some of the practices uh, within your agency, maybe even how many gallons of water you are saving in your, in your operations as well as for your, your customers uh, as you are uh, trying to enhance the, the water and the sewer and the utility, stormwater utility asset information uh, of your customers. And then fourth, what I think is most fascinating is that we are really starting to quantify sustainability in operations through dashboards. We're working on a series of dashboards, and one uh, that I like in particular is we have one that looks at the number of pounds of electronic waste that we've recycled, and it gives a breakdown in terms of whether they're precious metals or steel or aluminum or copper. We are looking at the annual CO2 emissions that we've avoided in terms of people uh, carpooling to work or riding their bike, which is a big one for me, the number of gallons of water that we've saved, especially in terms of recycling uh, the water that we are using on our campus. We are doing what a lot, of com a lot of companies are already doing, or we are hopefully leading the way for for a lot of companies toward this idea of sustainable prosperity, because we, we hope to continue to be successful as a company, and we certainly need to stay successful so that we can continue helping the world.
What are the most powerful tools we have in the fight against climate change today from your perspective? That's a very good question because we, we have so much. There's so much that has been given to us. We Everybody may think of, of the satellites, uh, which give us a, a synoptic view of the entire Earth. And by a synoptic, I mean it's a view of everything almost all at once a view that would be impossible to observe from the ground and particularly because we're dealing with the earth's uh, atmosphere that type of of view or knowledge of the earth is absolutely essential and we can even get synoptic views of the ocean surface from from satellites but these these satellites do show us what's going on uh with the with the earth's weather patterns from from day to day. We get knowledge about uh, other phenomena, including agricultural conditions that are that are really important. So so that's a really uh, important tool. And there's so many sensors that are on a particular satellite. And there's so many missions that NASA and the European Space Agency and others, but I think primarily of, of NASA and the European Space Agency, there's one mission that we at Esri have been involved with, along with the Jet Propulsion Lab, which is the the SWAT mission, the Surface Water and Ocean Topography uh, Experiment. And what they're doing is they're documenting from satellites millimeter-level changes in sea level. Mm. Just absolutely stunning. And those changes, those little tiny changes in sea level are caused by greenhouse gas emissions. There's another experiment that can actually give us, on a very coarse resolution, what the topography of the ocean floor is, even from from satellites, looking at small, very, very tiny changes in sea level that are associated with changes in the Earth's gravitational field. I mean, these sensors are just mind-blowing. So it is very, I think these are the tools that we need. Uh, there's another a mission that's being planned right now. It's a, almost a $5 billion mission that NASA is putting together. It's called the Surface Biology and Geology Mission. And they're going to be looking at uh, ecosystems and coastal zones and natural hazards and snow and ice. And that mission is launching in 2027. That's for for scientists, uh, technologists, but everybody can get involved with the citizen science. And many people are coming together to talk about climate change solutions through citizen science projects. And so I'll take this opportunity to talk about Earth Challenge 2020, the world's largest coordinated citizen science campaign. And they now have uh, released an Earth Challenge 2020.earthday.org site. They have produced mobile apps so that people can collect data in their neighborhoods about air quality and plastics pollution. Those are the two issues that they're focusing on. And you can collect these data and you can talk about them through the hub site with this, with these two initiatives, even while you're indoors or while you're social distancing. So these are just great ways for people. They can take photos. They can talk about what they're seeing, uh, what how they feel about it, what to do about it. And that may end up being one of the most powerful ways to, to counteract climate change. 
I am definitely intrigued. <laughs> uh, John, <laughs> thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. Thank you so much, Mariana. Thank you for listening to the Esri and the Science of War podcast. And thanks to Don Wright for illuminating the path to sustainable prosperity. To learn more about location intelligence and solutions for sustainability, visit Esri.com.